0: Welcome to the HeartStream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns, and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. everyone. Welcome back to the HeartStream Musings podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. I will be sharing and repurposing a podcast interview I did for the Killer Crossover Duo podcast hosted by two of my old friends from high school, Eman and Mo. So the Killer Crossover Duo podcast is a sports podcast. that's actually based out of the Bay Area where they get to riff on other general social topics as well. Hence, that's why it was on the podcast. (laughs) I, I don't know anything about sports, but it was great because, you know, I got to connect with two of my old high school friends, share about the work I do. And it was during March when we recorded this. So it was International Women's Month. And I wanted to talk about the women that I love, who I feel so supported by, and just talk about mental health. And it was refreshing to have male perspectives too on how they approach their mental health journey and their emotions. And they really opened up in this episode. And it was just, I mean, I'm going to have both of them appear on season two for the HeartStream Musings podcast on my podcast as guests, because I think their perspectives would just be so helpful, especially when it comes to relationships and leveling up, listening to yourself, connecting to your inner truth, and all of that good stuff. You will you will understand when you listen to this podcast. So anyways, I'm super excited to share this with you and let me know what you think. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you if you create a review, screenshot it, send it to me via email at you know hello at Lisa com. And if you send me that screenshot, and if you write a review, I will hook you up with a free EFT tapping session. All right. Okay. So let's dive in.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Killer Crossover Podcast. It's your boy Eman. What's
2: up? What's up? It's your boy Mo.
1: And today we got a special guest joining us, uh life coach, friend from high school, graduated together, class of 04 back in Moreau, uh, Lisa May Francisco. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Lisa
0: hi how are you i was gonna say you're Doing dating good. all of us oh poor <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, we, we've aged ourselves many times on this podcast so if they know how old i am they already know how old you are
0: <laughs> what are you talking about i didn't graduate with you both in high school no <laughs> people still think i'm 24 no joke what do you tell them i'm like i'm like what <laughs>
1: all right again welcome to the uh, killer crossover podcast lisa um we kind of talked about this before and uh, Mo and I have been, you know, for the last couple of years, been wanting to have more female guests, uh, more mental health advocates, and just more guests who genuinely are doing something big for the community. And you know, we want we just want to highlight those people and give them their flowers while they're, you know, while they're still here and while we can give them their flowers. Uh, so, again, welcome to the to the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's exciting because it's almost like a reunion (laughs) in a way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously.
0: In a way, because I haven't spoken to both of you since maybe 2004, which is crazy. I think
1: think the last time I remember seeing you was graduation,
0: Yeah, at least in person. (laughs) Yeah, so it's so nice to see all of it kind of just come full circle together and just to see what both of you are doing. It's pretty inspiring.
2: Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. I actually, it's crazy. I'm having a flashback in my mind because I actually graduated a year after you guys, but you did. But remember, I remember correctly. I think we had PE together, right? Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know her from the same player. I know we went to the same high school, but what class did we have?
0: I know. I was, I was going to say, I was like, I don't think we graduated the same year, Mo, but good memory. PE, yeah. gym class.
2: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that, that's that's all that's even a longer time ago because i mean P was only what freshman and sophomore year so yeah and yes. grade. Yeah. well
0: you know what's the crazy part is that i'm starting to reconnect with because i just moved back to the bay area in 2017 and oh. so i i'm actually starting to reconnect more and more with people from high school which is so funny <laughs> people that i didn't normally hang out with so it's kind of nice to see what everyone's been doing since then and yeah it's pretty cool when you um reached out to me to appear on the podcast. So I was super appreciative of that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, I've been a fan of your your Instagram profile and your, your coaching, your posts uh, for a while now. And I was just looking through my contacts and looking through my Instagram pages <laughs> like, man, who would be a good host? And then I came across yours. And I was like, man, she would be a perfect guest on our on our podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah so just uh tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um who you are and you know just how it was just a little i mean a little bit of how it was growing up but
0: yeah yeah of course of course um so it's like a long-winded story i have like a short story that i tell people my elevator pitch in the long one but i was like okay since we're on a podcast uh i haven't seen you two in a long time we'll just give you the long one but um so i after college so i ended up going to san diego state so i ended up going to san diego went to school down south and then afterwards i immediately went to new york because i just wanted to live there it's unlike you know california at all it's not like northern or southern california and i just had to live there and so i was there i was working and it was about 2000 the year 2010 And I had just ended a toxic relationship at the time. And for me, it was like, almost embarrassment and shame of like, how the hell did I get here? You know? And so it kind of just propelled me onto this journey of really figuring out understanding, okay, well, how did you get here? Like what was in you that made you think that it was okay to be in a relationship like this? And so really hard hitting questions, but I kind of pride myself on the fact that I didn't blame it solely on the other person, right? Like, Oh, right. this person treated me like this, like total, total victim, but more of taking accountability and some, you know, way there was empowerment in that, uh, what can I do to change so that that doesn't happen to me moving forward. And most importantly, that doesn't happen to other people, other women going forward to understand yeah. what the signs are. Mm-hmm. And so I took it upon myself of like, literally this quest of working with different teachers and mentors and trying to, you know, like have these spiritual lessons. Um, And so that really helped me understand the relational aspect of, you know, the relationship dynamics, whether it be with family friends in the workplace, romance. And then, um, you know, naturally, because I was doing such deep inner work, people started to gravitate towards me and I would just share the lessons that I was learning from different you know the different mentors and teachers or coaches that I was with and I didn't know it was coaching at the time because it just no one in my my you know like circle was coaching people just had kind of like regular corporate jobs um, or it was like you were either a therapist um, or, like, right. a, t- a spiritual teacher for free, right? Like, no one was making money off of it. I remember, like, people I would work with, they were donation-based. So I thought it was a hobby. And then I just remember coming back to the Bay Area in 2017. And so I was... um you know, work, uh, I applied to business school. I got in, I was going to do that part-time, but I didn't want to take out any student loans. And so I ended up living with my parents again. And I just, I remember being there and just remember like feeling re-traumatized of just like being with them as an adult. What was it like? Still feeling like a kid and just all these memories started, yeah, like popping up. And so when I was talking to my friends about it, they said, you should definitely try inner inner child healing work and what what is that? And so I had no clue. And I ended up getting connected to someone who ended up becoming my mentor. And I would say that that was probably the most like spiritual work that I've done that has transformed my life and helped me on my self-love journey. And so for me, it was something that I wanted to share with other people in a really more intentional way. And I just remember one of my colleagues, she was doing a life coaching certification and we had similar interests. And so I thought, well, why don't I check it out? And so I ended up taking the course, getting certified. And then I ended learning about all the frameworks, I realized that I was just doing those things with people innately. And it was just very intuitive. And so I decided to launch my business in June of 2022 and just have loved it, fall in love with, you know, coaching other people, um and I just feel so right I kind of think I I don't kind of I do think of it as my dharma. and so just being able to you know put it out there in the world and help other people with their self-love journey whatever it looks like to them of how they can actually claim a life that they deserve and also just connect Mm -hmm. to their inner truth so that's what I do
2: so for those who don't know about life coaching
0: yes yes
2: what it explain to our audience like what it is you ha- you actually do
0: yes okay I love this because I was literally having a conversation with someone and sometimes I'll get on sales calls and people are like I don't know what the difference between that and therapy is like you need to tell me <laughs> right. and, I, and I'm right. <laughs> and like it is so different right it is so different and I have I I do have a therapist and I do have a coach and for me when I explain it the difference is you know in therapy you often look backwards to see what you know to see what's the current landscape uh but there is no accountability there is no action items it's more of just a space a relational space to hash out like previous childhood dynamics you had with someone in a very safe space whereas when you're working with a coach it's very much what are your goals and here's how i can help you achieve those goals i'm going to give you action items exercises we're going to maybe do a little bit of like other you know practices or different modalities of how we can help you achieve those goals, but you have access to meet in between sessions. So it's like almost being um, available to them 24 seven, which you are right. Like, <laughs> but then with a therapist, it's like the 45 minutes are up. That's it. We'll see you next week. And that can last years. Whereas you go to a coach for a specific thing, a specific goal that you want to achieve. And then That is the difference between the two. So it's more forward thinking, more accountability, more exercises. And just, um, I would say interpersonal in a way, because the life coach does share their experiences. Whereas a therapist, you don't know anything about them at all so right yeah
1: right. I, I love that I love that you mentioned how I mean you're pretty much available to them 24-7 because that's I mean that's when you're coaching and i, I I'm I'm trying to relate it to, yeah. to me coaching basketball. It's like you're you're kind of like in this relationship where it's like a friendship, something something closer than just you know. Oh, you're my client, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do, what I'm paid to do.
0: Where... Yes, yes, I think it's more personable and it goes beyond that. It's like it's it's a healthy attachment because you want to see someone excel. Like a lot of the times yeah. when I work with people it's an intimate relationship, but they don't know that they can reach out to you. So what I like to do is check in with them to make them know like, hey, I'm here for you. Like, how are your goals? How are you doing with that? Did anything come up this week? As if, you know, you are, you eventually become their friends. Like I end up, yeah, I guess in the process, becoming friends with my clients. Um, and you just want... You just want them to succeed with whatever goal they came to you with. And for me, when it comes to self-love, that's just something that I'm so passionate about. And so I get really invested into um, seeing them grow.
1: I was just about to ask you about that. Like if you have become friends with with some of the people <laughs> you <coaching.
0: laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um and every now and then I'll talk to them, right? Because you get you you just have this really intimate relationship with them that they share a lot of stuff with you. Um, especially when you think about like, Oh, you know, like, what are the blocks to your self love goal goals? Or like, what are the limiting beliefs that you have that are preventing you from achieving the things that you want? Why don't you feel like you can achieve those things? It gets pretty intimate. And so it's important that you, that you create a safe space, uh, as they're sharing it. And so definitely from those conversations, you, you tend to be friends afterwards.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there have been times where I've told my players that, you know, just as much as I've taught you, you've taught me this. You taught me in return. Do you get that kind of, kind of that same, you know, gratification?
0: Totally. Totally. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I don't like this whole dynamic of, just like, I'm the guru, I'm the teacher, and you're the student. Like, I right. don't believe in that at all. I often say when I'm working with people, like, you are your own best healer. You are your own best advocate. And when you try and have someone depend on you, it almost undermines their ability for self-trust and to also trust their intuition. And so... I think it's so important. To, it's kind of like teach them how to how to fish, right? Like don't cook the fish for them. But so at the point, like, you know, they don't need you. They'll have the tools to know that they can, you know, coach themselves or something. So I'm exactly like you where, where I see myself as equal to them. Sure for
2: sure so um, I'm curious if you could share with uh, our listeners what are the steps into becoming uh, a life coach
0: yeah I think I would say I mean anybody can be a life coach right like you can get certified Um, but I think there's a difference between what makes a good life coach versus not because you can go to any program get certified go through it do your hours um and graduate but and there are just so many different coaches out there and there's so many different kinds right like you can be an executive coach so if you want to work specifically with leaders and help with like people management um you can do that uh or what you can do is focus on like being a money coach so help people with like their money boxes they have or you can help people with um I think there's like masculine coaches now too. That's like a big one. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's just all all different fatness fat like facets and then also fitness coaches too. So, like, you know, if you if either of you wanted to get into fitness coaching, you could do that as well. Um, but I think ultimately when I have worked with good coaches, the ones that I see are like the ones that really stand out are the ones that are self-aware meaning they have a good understanding of themselves. Um, They are very interested in psychology, understanding how a person's mind works, what would prevent someone from wanting change in their life, what prevents someone from achieving their goals um and also someone who's very curious so coaching is just when you're in a conversation it's a lot of asking questions and getting curious with what's coming up for the person and not reflecting any judgment at all but just more of observing and asking why a lot of the times it comes from the motivation of why they are the way they are um and then I would say also being really attuned to whomever you're working with, right? The verbal, the nonverbal cues. Um, I, take, I take coaching very seriously because when people come to you with things that are just very intimate and they want to change, like that's a huge step in someone admitting that. And oftentimes people just aren't ready. And so you, you don't want to push someone before they're ready because it can totally uh, ruin your relationship with them. It can erode the sense of trust that you've built and then you have to rebuild it. And so I've actually worked with coaches too where that sense of, of trust was eroded and I haven't worked with them. And so I think as a person who is a coach, you really have to be attuned to the person that you're working with and really build the rapport of getting to know them so you understand how much you want to push how much you like want to back off, so it's very nuanced. It's you know, it's all these different things that can make a great coach.
1: And from what I'm from what I'm getting from you, there's a lot of like you said being in tune. So there's a lot of like mm-hmm. just intuition and just kind of feeling out and just kind of yeah, kind of figuring out which path you want to take in
0: terms of exactly, coaching. exactly. It's like um. Kind of seeing the path before they see it. Right. Yeah. And helping them see that as well. Um, And also being the cheerleader for them on their journey for sure. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So, what was it that you got your degree in from San Diego State? You said you.
0: Oh, yes. 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 So, I got it in marketing. So, I was an integrated marketing. Um, So, I am a marketer yeah
1: so so and and i'm sure it was my are, major as well
0: oh really <laughs> yeah
1: and i'm sure there are you know tactics from that you could take from your marketing mm-hmm. you know education to use the uh coaching but i mean like how did you how did you make that switch was it just that experience that you had that kind of just
0: yeah i feel like it kind of just dovetailed like i didn't necessarily get into traditional marketing afterwards. It was like sales and then it was account management, like influencer marketing. I've had like many different types of jobs was all under the sphere of marketing. But um, I think to me, you know, the switch to coaching just was more of an organic, natural thing. It was almost like everything in my life happened for that moment. Yeah. Very, very strange. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when something's meant to be in your life, and you're like, oh, this is this is why I, I'm bored. Um, and if anything, marketing actually supplements it. So I would say that being an entrepreneur, being a small business o- um, you know, owner, my marketing background is so experiential with this. It's like the most I've ever had to apply it. I've had to get scrappy- Um, I get to be like the finance person. I get to be the biz dev person. I get to be the salesperson. I get to be the content creator, like everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also like the face of the brand. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) I didn't even know that I liked it that much until I started doing it. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Like I didn't take entrepreneur class, which is so funny. Um, And I would say even in the corporate jobs I've held, the stuff that I learned in my MBA didn't prepare me for the stuff that I learned in school, because it was just always compartmentalized. But the stuff that I learned in undergrad, in graduate school, really prepared me for this. Um, and then also just like learning from different people, doing like different coaching programs myself of just like how do you market yourself in this field and this niche and, and all of that stuff.
1: So to our listeners, make sure you take note just because <laughs> just because you graduate in something doesn't mean you won't utilize it later if you don't get a job directly in that related to that field.
0: <laughs> Yes. No, 100 percent. 100 percent. Because when I think about it, when I'm actually out like Even though it's a service I am marketing, but 100% of my job is marketing, like boots on the ground and also digital marketing. What is my digital footprint? Um, So yeah, like even though you don't think you actually use it in your day-to-day job, like you might, like you just might of like how to sell yourself, honestly. And so it's just really interesting to see how it kind of comes full circle, but it's a lot of fun. It is.
1: And I think that's a lot of what our generation is figuring out is that, Mm -hmm. like, you can get a a degree in almost anything, but then you can apply it to everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think our generation is kind of figuring that out, especially with, you know, the boom in social media and just, like you said, content creating. Um, Obviously, Gen Z is taking it to another level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, I mean, you got to... You got to admit that our generation
2: is kind of, we were the pioneers of that. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. definitely. I agree with that. You know, it's all about, to your point, E, like, getting getting that foundation, getting that that undergrad degree is huge, but it's all about networking. Networking Mm -hmm. is huge. And I'm sure, Lisa, Mm -hmm. you can attest to that. I'm sure you've gotten plenty of clients off of just, networking and word of mouth alone.
0: A hundred percent. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like I would say the most important thing is just relationships, the business development, nothing ever can take the power of relationships. I mean, you know, my first clients, they were all my personal network first because they already knew me. They already liked me. And then once I started putting out content, then they knew that they could trust me to help them with what they needed help in or what goals they needed to help achieving. And so when you think about like, that's, that's like a hot lead, right? But if you do cold leads on social media and they don't know you, they don't like you. It's just a longer lead time to convert them. So exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So um you hit on your mental health journey a little bit. What mm-hmm. it, what exactly is like mental health to you and how how do you foster your mental health? I mean you'll have to give us all your coaching tips right now for
0: <laughs> free. <but laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because it's like even the word mental health has a little bit of stigma still.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Like
0: mental health people just automatically think you're crazy or but I think if anything yeah like I think if anything the pandemic just definitely normalizes conversations around mental health because Mm -hmm. everyone needed a therapist and then now they're all short staff like you can't even (laughs) find one. You honestly cannot find one. Um, And if you do they're out of pocket. It's like crazy exorbitant prices, but um but i love that people are now more open to it of having the conversation of checking in with yourself right having a non-biased um mental professional give you you know or for you to seek counsel and i think for me what mental health is you know tying it back to my whole purpose is just self-love right? Caring for yourself because the way that you care about yourself or self-care or self-love is manifested through self-care. And so that includes your mental wellness, your physical wellness, your spiritual wellness, your emotional wellness. And so it's like making sure that you feel okay to tackle the world. Um, If you feel like you're your best self, if you can show up for other people, if you can show up for yourself, I think that definitely falls into the realm of mental wellness. Um, But the way that I practice it in real time is just checking in with how I'm feeling, which can be so simple, right? In the morning, getting out of bed and just like taking a minute to pause and wondering like, oh, how do I feel today? Do I feel well rested? Do I not? And I think it's just really being present and in tune with my body and how do I wanna show up or just being really conscious and knowing like, if I do get emotionally triggered with something, understanding, okay, Maybe I might not be reacting to what's in front of me. Maybe I might be reacting to something a long time ago that's still bothering me and understanding the difference between that. And so I really think it's about checking in with yourself and knowing where you're at and taking the next necessary steps to make sure that you do feel better or you're in a better um, state to handle all these things that are coming at you in life
1: crazy because as you're talking like mm-hmm. I'm getting these flashbacks of you know from back in 2015 when I first started my my self-care my self-love well I guess it was 2014 2013 mm-hmm. when I first started my self-care and self-love journey because I mean before that I've I'd, I'd been gone through I've been going through like depression mm. but like I, I was really good at masking it whenever I was with family or friends yeah like there was just a a point in my life where i was like i felt like i couldn't really be my entire self Mm. and then there was all been there before there was just this point in my life where i was just like you know what i forget everything else i'm just gonna do what i want to do that makes me feel good and then that was when i started my fitness journey at that point, I was, you know, back in 2014, 2015 through 2016, that was, like, the most fit I was in my life. Wow. Um, I lost so much weight because I had gained so much weight after high school uh, mm-hmm. up until, like, 2010, I think, was my heaviest. And then I, back in 2016, before my 30th birthday, because I, ma- I had made it one of my goals to mm-hmm. cross off a bunch of uh, bucket list items you know, before I turned 30. And going to Hawaii was one of them by by myself. Um, That's awesome. I I, I booked the trip and then I was like, I'm going to go skydiving. Whoa. When I looked looked it up, it said that, you know, for every pound over 205 pounds, you had to pay an extra 25 bucks. I was like, I ain't paying that much money. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like let me lose this weight, real quick. <laughs> so um, I just, I, I, was, I lost the weight. Um, long story wow. short, I lost the weight. And um, I actually got down to under 200 uh, wow. by the time I got to Hawaii. And it was just from there, like, I just felt everything falling into place. Everything mm. that I was worried about before when I was depressed.
0: Mm -hmm. everything
1: just started falling into place you know i found myself spiritually um found myself you know mentally i found myself physically um and like i was healing relationships like Mm -hmm. with my family with my friends and it was just like you like you said like things just it, it just felt like you know i was meeting people who were supposed to be in my life
0: that's beautiful that's really beautiful
1: yeah and it was just so that's why like everything you were saying just totally resonated with me and i was like oh man like
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so what
0: (laughs) (laughs) what was the point that made you decide to say like enough's enough because i think that's a hard thing that not many people are able to get to right they can stay in the victim Mm -hmm. so I'm very Mm -hmm. curious about that
1: so there was um it was it was a few things actually um Mm -hmm. so I loved playing sports um and then I guess it was one time when we were playing uh flag football uh with our friends and like I came out like after that after that game the next day I was like couldn't walk. I was like injured, like, and my knee—I had so much knee pain. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, this must be a product of my weight because I'm because I'm heavy. And then I—I I had to think about like, okay, what well, what was making me heavy? Um, I was drinking a lot,
2: <laughs> and,
1: like mm-hmm. we were. I was I was getting drunk probably four nights out of the week, um, and then. Um, and that's about every week, just drinking to get drunk, and yeah. it was to the point where I was like, okay, I need to stop drinking. In order to stop drinking, I had to think about like, why am I drinking? Um, and right. I just, at that point, I was like, I don't know who I am, because, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how to have fun without drinking. So I was like, okay, let me. Let me figure out how to have fun. What actually makes me happy? Um, and you know, sports was one of them. And I was like, all right, let me let me start working out. Um, and then I just i had I had stopped going to church um, like almost immediately after high school. Um, and I just there was a point where I didn't believe in anything because I felt like everything was just wrong in my life and then uh i started going back to church just to figure out you know okay is the is this something that i needed in my life um and then uh i'm not to get all like holy and righteous on you guys but (laughs) i started having conversations with god and
2: yeah um
1: i just every every week at church and every night when i was praying i was having conversations and then I started picking picking out the values of the mm-hmm. religion that I wanted to make sure that I practiced every day and mm-hmm. could hold myself accountable to practice every day and then that was just kind of how everything just kind of built up mm-hmm. and then once I started seeing progress and everything it motivated me even more and then I mean I'm a really competitive person so yeah if, I started to backtrack in any way. I was like, no, nah, I got to beat that person that I was yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like this almost snowball effect that you had. And, like, yeah, I don't think you're getting religious at all. I think everyone practices spirituality in their own way and what feels mm-hmm. good to them, you know? And I think that's really courageous of you because, like I mentioned, not many people will be able to go through with a change right? Because it's right. easy to stay in the, in the, in the familiarity mm-hmm. of the misery, rather than going out there in the unknown and really believing that you are worthy of what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that you ask yourself the question, I think to anyone, to any listener that drinks a lot. Honestly, ask yourself why. Why are you using that as a crutch? Like 100%. Like I remember when I got out of that toxic relationship in New York, I was drinking heavily too, just because I wanted to anesthetize from not wanting to have to deal with that and the shame that I felt of getting involved. And so kudos to you for being like, stopping one because I'm sure it's not easy at that young age where all of your friends are like drinking and then you're the one that's not and then they're gonna be like we don't want this guy he's like such a Debbie Downer to like hang out with us he's sober (laughs) like no one wants him around (laughs) but like to make that change and be like no I'm doing this for me I have a lot of goals I want to go to Hawaii not just like like not just Hawaii but like by yourself so many people are afraid to do solo trips because they're afraid of like spending time with themselves and they might not like what they find
1: after after i had that trip i recommend it everybody
0: right just
1: do a solo trip at least one solo trip just anywhere you've been wanting yeah. to go anywhere you've been wanting to experience it yeah. just yeah. do at least one solo trip it's it's an amazing feeling
0: yeah yeah I I am such a proponent of solo YOLO trips I love <laughs> traveling by myself because it just really forces you to get out of your comfort zone and meet other people that you wouldn't normally interact with if you were with a group of friends or like with a partner or something mm. and so it's just really nice to connect with yourself
2: right yeah. and to y'all's point about you know reconnecting with yourself and self-love and self-care in order to elevate you must eliminate mm. and
0: so good, you know
2: i've had i've had my fair share of l's. um in my lifetime, in my adulthood. And I can remember particularly back in 2016 where I wasn't really progressing in my career the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had been working sales jobs throughout my 20s just for the simple fact that I was sold a dream. You know, you can make so much money and you can do this and you can do that. So the only thing I was motivated by was money. I didn't have a purpose, if that makes sense. I was just working just to work and I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I was working for a couple of toxic companies and it led me to... I was, I was drinking heavily too, but I also like really fell down that rabbit hole of marijuana when I was literally getting high every single day. And I just hated the way that I felt. Um, so I just decided like one day I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to allow myself to just settle for the bare minimum. Like I have to reevaluate the things that are in my life, the triggers that are in my life and the people in my life. So I had to cut loose of a lot of friendships that were not fulfilling. I left the I left sales altogether. Um, I couldn't do it anymore, even though I turned down a great opportunity to, to join the tech world. I just said, you know what? I know what this is about. I know the stresses that come with sales. It can be a very rewarding career and open a lot of doors. But I know mentally and physically, if something goes bad, I'm going to revert back to my old ways. So I completely got out of that profession and uh, doing much better now. Uh, don't smoke as much anymore, barely even drink. So I think to you guys' point, it's all about perspective. And when you put things in perspective and when you align yourself with the type of goals that you are striving for and align yourself with the type of people that generally want to see you win, the sky's the limit. The sky's definitely the limit.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, in your experience and, you know, thanks for sharing that you chose yourself. Right. And I think, yeah, commending both of you, it wasn't like anyone that said, oh, if you go down this path, it's going to be bad. It was both of you were the arbiters of your own life. And you said like, I don't want this for myself. I'm going to change. And like, you know, to you, Mo, you're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And just to turn down a very lucrative role, that must have taken so much like oh, so hard oh my so God. wait a minute I can
2: make how much money and I'm like <laughs> I can't do it <laughs> I can't <laughs> do it because I know no. everything would get, that would go into that the mm. late nights the constant cold calling like all of that stuff like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it I just knew mentally I wasn't wasn't right wasn't mm-hmm. just it wasn't the right timing for me mm-hmm.
1: and it's funny that you mentioned you know like no one had to tell you, like, you know, if you go down this rabbit hole, this is gonna happen, or whatever. If you don't fix your, if if you don't fix your shit and you don't get it straight, then this is gonna happen. That's actually a trigger for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, when when people when people say that, uh-huh. I tend to go into that rabbit hole because when people say something, even when people praise me for something like that that can be a trigger for me too because then it's i I feel like at a point it's not for me it's all of a sudden it's for them and if i'm not doing it for me i don't want to do it um Mm -hmm. and that was something that that was something that i had to actually talk to my parents about um right especially especially my mom um i love my mom love my mom to dad um but You know, having a, a I, I don't know if you had this experience, you know, having Asian parents, having Filipino parents, you know. My mom was very, she commented on my weight a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight, you need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And because she kept saying that, I was like, oh, if I do lose weight, it's gonna seem like it's for her and not for me.
2: So I'm not gonna do that. If mm-hmm. anything,
1: uh, no, that that was one of my triggers to drink. And obviously when I drank more, the more I drank, the more I gained. And, right. then, and then it was when, you know, when I turned things around and I was like, no, everything I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do for me. That was when I started, you know, mm-hmm. turning things around, getting, uh, getting more fit, uh, getting more in shape, getting healthier overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to have that conversation with my mom because there was a point where she was like oh you're you're doing good you're losing weight you're you're doing good keep it up keep it up and I felt that triggering me and I was like no I, I gotta stop this because I and I got to tell her like you know what? I appreciate you giving me the praise and giving me the you know the attention but every and everything but just let me do this for me like mm-hmm. and then because there was actually a point where she said, okay, now you're too skinny now. You need to, <laughs> I was like,
0: what <laughs> you like, I can't win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it was, no, it was, it was something that I had to, like, even those conversations with the people that you're closest to or you're supposed to be closest to, those are the hardest conversations to have. And when you can have those conversations, I think that just opens up everything
0: exactly because when you start to change it automatically changes the dynamic you have with people and then the relationship changes and sometimes it makes them question whether they want to be you know still engaging with you right for
1: sure for sure and now, now my mom and i have like a great relationship that's great because we know how to communicate with each other better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and man, yeah, I, I can't tell you like i cried the. so i think it was it was when we told it was a little after we told uh, my parents that we were having a baby um it was the first time that my mom, that I could remember, my mom ever telling me that she was proud of me. Aww. And I was like, I, like, I, I literally bawled. And my wife was like, Oh my gosh, like, what? <laughs> because I, I, I had been telling my wife, you know. My mom has never told me that that she was proud of me. And yeah. A big thing. I didn't I didn't think it was that big of an issue until she actually said it. I was like, oh,
2: fuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like that's where a lot of our models for self-love comes from, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost to your point of like for the first time ever hearing that someone, not even just someone, but like your caretakers are proud of you because as kids, it's like all you ever want, right? Mm -hmm. And so the way that you care for yourself is definitely shown in how other people, how your caretakers cared for you when you were younger or told you how much they loved you. So it's kind of like the inner critic voice that you have or the judgmental voice that you have. It's definitely something that was fed to you from someone else. So
1: yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And just not being able to understand it until, you know, until you're older, until you you experience more. It's Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's just a great healing, like to come full circle with that, to know that, to have that relationship with your parents and like be able to communicate because not many people do. Mm-hmm. It's like they'll just only see their parents for, I don't know, whenever it's uh the holidays or something. And so mm-hmm. to to heal from that, that's that's amazing. It's awesome.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And my mom is like one of the greatest women um, in my life uh, and as well as obviously my wife and my sister. Um, talk about your like greatest female influences in your life right now. and
0: oh okay
1: became your influences and everything
0: you know okay i'm doing this okay it's international women's month um so i actually did an instagram post about it where i highlighted i just did a carousel of just all the women throughout my life who have been my champions at pivotal moments and so the one i most recently did was my old boss in new york and i haven't had too many great bosses I actually don't think that there's a lot of training for great bosses. And the thing is, leaders are rewarded for the amount that they do as an individual contributor, not actually the leadership qualities. And so when they become a leader, they don't know how to be a leader. Like a lot of people don't even know what leaders should do. Um, And so for me, I just never thought that I could have a leader that was actually a friend, but also a boss. I thought you had to be either or. And she was someone from the very first day, she said, I know that you're not going to be in this shop forever and that's fine. But the amount of time that you are here, I'm going to make this a great experience for you. And that's something that not many leaders do, right? They don't mm-hmm. encourage you to like look for jobs outside of the job <laughs> where you're reporting <laughs> to them. They, you know, they often kind of want to be selfish and keep you for themselves because, you know, they are they probably have the CEO just breathing down their neck of like what numbers they have to hit. And, yeah. you know, there's stressors related to it. But for someone to actually put or like value my personal development that was just so huge and so she is just anytime i i have a boss it's kind of bad i always compare them to her in that in that (laughs) sense um but you know it, it made me think about the emotional maturity of managers and i have seen that with people that i haven't worked with directly of how they manage their team of how they want them to kind of flourish and grow um outside of their role because ultimately it's it's You know, you want someone to grow. It's not expected that you stay in the same role for however long, you know, it's like that's stagnancy. And so even though it kind of undermines you in a way, it helps you get new talent anyway. So... So she's just one of the the people that I really admire. And then also I would just say my my mom and my sister too. I'm really, really close to them. Um, My sister was the first woman that I ever loved. She's two years older than me. And so I just always loved playing with her when I was little, after school, riding our bikes, um, just always wanted to hang out with her and her friends. I thought she was like the coolest person in the world and just seeing her um, grow to you know being a mom herself has just really touched my heart to see how she is with her children and i think she's just such a wonderful giving nurturing mother who just works so hard and my mom just seeing how hard she worked for us as you know when we were children you know like she was an immigrant from the Philippines and having to start over because her nursing degree didn't transfer it wasn't comparable here in the states and having to go to school and just how hard she worked for us um you know in the US and just all the lessons she learned and um just I had just have a ton of fun with her too we laugh all the time together and so um those those are just some of the women and i mean like there's I could go on and on and on but i and then right. my two best friends right now Um, they are my cheerleaders. So when a lot of people were thinking, Oh, are you sure you want to do this coaching? All that stuff. They are just anytime that I doubt myself, they literally hype me up. Like, don't even think about it. Don't doubt yourself. You've got this. I promise you this. It'll be amazing. And so having that unwavering support and faith. Uh, from your friends that know you when you feel so kind of like down in the dumps. I think it's so important to surround yourself with a group of people that constantly support you.
1: It's beautiful. It is. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, I can't... I can't emphasize enough how important it is. I mean, even, even for me, you know, being a man just... And being raised around a bunch of men to be honest like Mm -hmm. my brother and my dad and then a bunch of my cousins a good amount of my cousins are men (laughs) and a good amount of the people that I was raised around uh, you know extended family they're all all men Mm -hmm. but the importance of having you know those female that female support system um, you know someone that you can go to Mm -hmm. my sister is one of my best friends um, aww Shout out to CJ, Uh, (laughs) she knows I love her. Uh, But ever since, you know, we we used to fight all the time when we were kids. And then, you know, come high school, you know, we grew close to each, we really grew closer because we were always looking out for each other and then just having that support system. And then I noticed there's a a much different uh, perspective and this vibe you get when you have a female support system um, compared to just a male support system. And it's just, it's something that you can really, and I mean, Mo, I know you can attest to it too, you know, having having your sister, having yeah. your back all the time, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my, my sister is and I are extremely close as well. She's one of my closest friends too. Um, just like you and CJ, we used to argue a lot as kids, you know, that's sibling robbery. Uh, but as I shared on a different episode of our pod um, sometime last year, I think the turning point of our relationship where we got really, really tight is when our mother passed away from breast cancer back in 2008. And um, the night that she died, um, she actually passed away Um in our childhood home, and as their, as the paramedics, ambulance, whatever the case may be, are rolling her out, uh, you know, I kind of just, me and my sister just kind of just held each other, and obviously we were crying, and then I kind of just looked her in her face and I said, "I got you," and she's like, "I got you too," and then from there on out, we just been like, like this. So it's it's crazy how different situations bring you closer together, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um,
1: so that all being said, you know, talk about the importance—at least in your—in your opinion, the importance of just empowering women and you know, just yeah, just empowering women and then yeah, just keeping
2: them around, you
1: know, like keeping that that perspective in that vibe in your life
0: yeah of course um i recently just held a women's circle about it so i like to do them every every season so i did it on um was monday the 20th march 20th yes, <laughs> yes. <Like, laughs> <it's> oh <so>, uh, <laughs> my like god <laughs> i had to think too. <laughs> 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 it literally I felt like i don't even know that was like five weeks ago my brain is just oh my god um so march 20th so monday i i held a women's circle and it was all about healing the sister wound because i wanted it to be celebrating and tying into the theme of international women's month And that is something for me that I've learned to heal because even though I told you that I was very close to my sister, you know, as a child, there was only two of us. Right. And I just had that, you know, children often have that binary brain of it's like, it's either, or it's like this or that. And so I just always thought that my, my parents loved her more than I did and, uh, more than me. And so I would, you know, and the way that I would show up was just thinking that I had to compete for their love. And so, the way that I would show up in you know my current life of you know being around other people it would be like at work it would you know think that I had to compete with other women for you know the promotion or high visibility in work or just whatever projects and the way that it would show up in romantic relationships would be oh you had an ex-girlfriend let me know about her you know <laughs> and so it was it was it was always like thinking that I needed to compete to own my space not knowing that together we would be even stronger and so the way that it was healed in the workplace was i I was in New York and I was working on this big project um for an event and we had a female contractor and immediately I was just like okay I'm going to try and like do my work, not really partner with her, but there was just something about her that was so gracious. And she was a person that taught me that, no, you can... You can share your resources. There's plenty to go around. Just because I am also a female, I'm also working the same job you are, doesn't necessarily mean that my presence is taking away from you. And so she really operated in that abundant mindset and partnership mindset and kind of led by example. And so when we were in meetings, she would, totally, you know, support me and validate any thought or perspective I had, because we happened to be in an environment where there were a lot of males. And so, I was like, wow, this girl cool knows what's up, right? <laughs> and so that just really taught me, what is it like when you can work together with someone and that, you know, you don't need to view them as a threat. And, um, you know, even with romantic relationships, like thinking that too of like, everybody has their own experiences before you and it ultimately makes them become a better partner. It's not necessarily you have to compete with a ghost. And so that was something that was definitely hard for me. And I ended up doing like somatic practices for it where you just like process old memories. um, And then just really like, if anything, it was just what is the relationship do I have to myself where I felt like, I had to compete and so it wasn't ever about the other person it was just always the relationship to myself and I often talk about that that relationships with other people are just a mirror to the relationship you have with yourself and so it's like great
2: great self-awareness not to cut you off but that's great self-awareness
0: yeah because it was like feeling like I needed to be like someone else in order to feel loved right? And, and taking away from my own power of connecting to my inner truth and my uniqueness of what makes me, me. And so, um, that's why I'm just such a proponent of just empowerment of helping people see that they don't have to compete with each other because in a world where women are pitted against each other and see each other as like, like competition, when, when I see in another woman that I'm jealous of her, it's just an opportunity for me to realize, oh, jealousy can turn into desire of what I truly want for myself. And thank you for showing me the things that I want to embody. And now I can go out and have courage and do it. And then I can help another woman embody her own uniqueness.
2: So going back to your career, um, your current career, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Can you share, what was your first breakthrough as a life coach? Like when you landed that mm-hmm. business altering, life-changing client, where you had that aha moment, you like, you know what? I-, I-, I can really do this and be successful at
0: it. Yeah. Share you that know, moment with us. You know what? It's It always comes in waves. There's always the self-doubt when you're doing something yourself that has never been done before, right? I guess there's just like, there's more opportunity to just because you have this beginner's mindset. And it's like there would be moments where I would realize it, but then there would be other moments where I would forget about it. And so it's like, how do I hold on to those moments? But I think when really the rubber hit the road was I was doing this impromptu coaching session, wasn't even planning on it. I'm like part of this community, this co working space, meeting with other co founders. And I was just chit chatting to someone. Then we got into like just talking about different things. And then it ended up being a coaching session, like just just randomly talking to him about his life, what was coming up for him, what was blocking him, what he really wanted to achieve. And at the end of it, I will never forget this. He told me, he was like, it is undeniable the skill and craft that you have. And I have no doubt that you will succeed. And it meant so much from someone who was just completely random. Someone who didn't know about my experience. Someone didn't know anything about me um, because it wasn't biased, right? It was just in that one interaction. And so for me, it was like, yes, yes, yes. Like, (laughs) thank you. Um, And then also, you know, right now I'm doing... EFT, which is tapping, so it's like um, a somatic practice where you tap on nine meridian points of your body to process like a trigger, just any emotionally charged feeling that you have. And The more I do it with clients, the more I feel confident. And the more I feel like I am a healer, midwifing a lot of these things that process through people's bodies. And so it also just comes with practice too, right? So those are, I would say, those are the two most current aha moments where I'm like, yes, yes, I'm meant to do this.
1: Nice. mentioned how you had the what was it the women's circle uh Mm -hmm. just this past monday yeah um do you have another one coming up um do you have or
0: yeah
1: what do do you have coming up
0: in (laughs) in the near future uh,
1: (laughs) on the horizon
0: (laughs) yeah so i like to to plug yeah, so I like to do those um, seasonally. And so the next one's not coming up until June. I like to time them with like either the summer solstice or like the spring equinox, all that stuff, fall. Um, so the next one is happening in June. And so you can find more about that on my website. But then I also do one-on-one coaching. So I have three-month containers, six-month containers. And then um, I'm actually in the process of creating a group coaching program for people who who are interested about just the self love journey and what does that look like for you? Um, so yeah, so one on one coaching, online events, and group coaching coming up.
1: And, yes. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to plug or mention?
0: Um, yeah, I guess kind of going back to kind of full circle, right, of mental wellness, self-love. Um, so if you're new to or just wanting to embark on it, I think the initiation is always when you start questioning and asking yourself, especially if you want to live your life differently. I think both of you touched upon it as well when you had those pivotal moments And just kind of lean into it and don't be afraid to, because even though it might be scary of tapping into the unknown, once you do fully surrender to that path of changing and and wanting and desiring a life that you truly want, then it's just so much magic on the other side. I think the hardest part is kind of just like jumping out of the plane, you know, um, but it is seriously the greatest gift, not only to yourself, but in learning to love yourself, you heal. And by doing that, you heal others just with your presence. Mm-hmm.
2: Beautifully said. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. 100%. Fast break time, me? Yes, sir. So,
1: Lisa, we are moving into the final segment of our episode. Uh, this is called The Fast Break. So it's basically some <laughs> quick hitters, some some rapid-fire questions, uh, whatever comes off the top of your head
0: as yeah. your answer
1: And if we feel like you need to explain something a little bit, <laughs> we'll give you that chance.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, so
1: I'll, I'll start it off. Who are your top five um, music artists?
0: Five? Can I just say one? Yeah, sure. Can I just say what? Okay. You're going to laugh at me. I really love Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> I didn't get her no. ticket though. I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to laugh at that because I know a lot (laughs) of people, especially even, especially in our generation who really love Taylor Swift.
0: She's so prolific. I mean, how many albums has she come out with? And the fact that she's able to like cross genre type of, you know, branding. So she's amazing. Right. Mo, you got a question?
2: Yes. What is your go-to sneaker if you're a sneakerhead?
0: Oh goodness, I'm not a, I'm not a sneakerhead. I, I mean, the only ones I have, I'm like an old lady, Brooks. <laughs> don't make fun of me, Brooks. I have rolling ankles. Stop.
2: Is that your go-to shoe? Are they comfortable at least?
0: You know what it is? It's more of a functional. It's not stylish, right? It's not stylish. But for me, I I have rolling ankles. I ran the marathon in New York, and I just have never had the same ankles the same. And so I need a. I swear I need an old person platform stability shoe <laughs> so that's what that's what Brooks is all right you're like what brand is
1: that <laughs> shut up all right. well, um, if you could have any five dinner guests whether they're dead or alive who would they be
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, Oprah, obviously. The Dalai Lama. Um, I would love to have my grandmas, both of them, because I never got to spend enough time with them. Nice. And also, the last one would be... I would say... Oh my gosh! I don't even know his name, but there was this movie I was watching about this um, Hawaiian seawater god. Do you know him? I, I uh,
1: was he a surfer? Yes,
0: yes, yeah, yes, yes, um, yes. What is his name? It's very hard for me to pronounce.
1: Ah, uh, I, for, I forgot.
0: It's King something. He, He's a great swimmer.
1: Yeah, I forgot what. Um, he I just saw the documentary too. But, um, yes,
0: yeah. yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. A no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll have to that put in the show notes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great guest to um, at at dinner.
0: Yeah. It would
2: be a
1: yeah. great guest at dinner, especially because just the story is just—it's like
2: that's just <laughs> like that's humanity at its yeah. finest. But, yeah. Yeah. Go what is your go-to comfort food?
0: Burgers and pizza all uh, the way I have those at least once a week <laughs> sometimes how twice do
2: you, how do you take your burger
0: oh I mean I'm just playing I just love a cheeseburger with onions with everything if they have um what is it called banana peppers pepperoncinis mm. Oh, mm. even
2: better I love pepperoncinis oh yes. my
0: gosh so good oh um God. and then pepperoni pizza all the way my favorite Yeah. With it's a crispy crazy. pepperoni. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the smaller crispy. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. um, what was the greatest meal you've ever had? And where can I get it?
2: Oh. You haven't asked this one in a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the greatest meal. Yeah. I wouldn't... I think for me, it was more of the ambience. So I went on a solo YOLO trip to Amsterdam. And, um... It's literally, it's it's farm to table, everything. It was a tasting menu and it was just absolutely beautiful inside and the lighting and the ambiance. It was just everything. It was so decadent. And I think it's called, I have to send you what the name is. I can't think about it at the top of my head, but um, that was one of my favorite meals. I think one, because it was on, like I was eating alone. It was super special and it was a dream that I had and the food was just superb. This is so good
1: nice. this is the this is the third time we've had a guest who mentioned a meal in Amsterdam really this is true yeah this is true
0: oh my god and you know what's so interesting is that they're actually not known for their food do you know why i learned this culturally because when they had a trade in history other countries had spices so it didn't make them want to cook with spices so their food's actually very bland you can't just go into a place and be like oh this place looks like it has good food majority of the time it will not and so you actually have to do research before you go to a place there yeah I yeah, I asked one of the locals, I is like, crazy. I was like, I was like, why is the food not good here? You know? <laughs> and he's like, well, that's why I was like, wow, because I just I love how history influences the, like the present moment. And so just hearing oh, yeah. that, I was like, wow, that's really cool. So yeah, all about the trade. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So you shared that you're a very big traveler. You've shared, you know, solo yellow trips. What is the one place? that you haven't gone, that you Mm. want to visit.
0: Okay, so I just learned about this. Maybe you know about this, E, but there is this island in the Philippines called Shergao, and it is known for surfing. And I just picked up, I just started learning surfing, how to surf in Costa Rica. And I just want to go there so bad, connect to the motherland. And it's actually a very spiritual place and people call it Little Bali. Um, And so I definitely want to go there for sure.
1: Yeah, I I haven't been to the Philippines since 2000. Um, so definitely on my bucket list to get back there, especially with my family now.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, my last fast break question, who would play you in your biopic?
0: Okay, you're going to laugh because I often think about this. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, you think you're going to have a movie made about you? I'm like, uh, yeah, I have big
2: dreams.
0: <laughs> And I haven't <laughs> found anyone. I thought like maybe Laura Kondo from To All the Boys on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But then I think for me, who would play me? It would be an up and coming actress. So to be determined.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe it's arrogant. I'm like, I don't think anyone that's currently famous could play me
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I think about it sometimes you know, but I think <laughs> I think the rock could do a decent job
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel you you just elbow can take a stab at my life
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. but yeah uh, so man that's all the time we got for today um, but we want to thank lisa again for joining us on this episode of the killer crossovers podcast um been a pleasure thank you yeah it's been a great conversation been a pleasure having you um good seeing you after so many years
0: oh <laughs> right i know this is great it's so much fun almost 20
1: years since
0: <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> but um but yeah um you can yeah, find though, us, almost
0: 20 years uh, i see your mind but, you're like has it been almost 20 20- <laughs> yeah is not this crazy this is so gnarly. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but you can find us on instagram at the killer crossover podcast you can find me on twitter at em koa and mo
2: and sir you can find me on twitter as well at your boy mo 87
1: and lisa go ahead and plug your socials
0: sure so for tiktok and instagram it's the same username and it's just lisa may coaching that's it
1: all right perfect and we are out peace peace
2: y'all next time
0: Amazing. I love that episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to that episode, which I repurposed from the Killer Crossover Duo podcast with E Man and Mo truly hope this episode serves you and gives you a different perspective with some male energy in there. It was a blast to do. And I'm actually going to interview them for season two of the HeartStream Musings podcast. So stay tuned for that. And if you want to work with me one-on-one to heal your inner child wounds, release your false self and transcend your patterns to reclaim and own who you are, you can check out my website, lisamaycoaching.com I have a page where I list all of my offerings and the best way to always stay connected to me and also receive discounts on some of my offerings is to subscribe to my newsletter where I share weekly self-love tips tools and just new offerings on how to work with me so thanks again for listening but before I sign off here's my question for you today so what are you doing to fill your own self-love cup and connect to the little you All right. Bye, everyone. I will catch you next time.